0: This is Fleet.
1: This is the Theatre Meets Critic podcast, a podcast specializing in all things theatre, hosted by the one and only Oliver Boone, featuring a special guest every week. This is the Theatre Meets Critic podcast. Theatre meets critic. Art, passion, theatre, and actors, L.A., New York, Paris, critic. Berlin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Theatre Meets Critic podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Boone. Today I have with me Amy Sullivan on the show. Thank you for being Hi. here. How are you no doing? Problem. <laughs> How are you doing?
0: I'm good, uh, all things considered, but, um, you know, it's a crazy week, but I'm happy to be here talking about theatre, and I'm um, happy to meet you for the first time.
1: Yeah, no, it's awesome. I wanted to connect for a while now. Um, I I just want, before we started, I wanted to say, I mean, it wouldn't be right not to address like the current situation going on right now with the protests happening all around the world, even. Uh, I mean, it's a really sad year for sure. And a lot of people are hurting and, you know, there's a systematic racism that can, that's continuing to like show its ugly face across America. And, um, I just... I just want to say uh, uh, this is tough. It's, it's it's just hard to talk about.
0: It is. Right it's really hard to yeah. talk about. And I mean, obviously, um, I've done a lot of learning and listening this week. And I I think I, I had no idea how privileged I was until this week. And reading some of these testimonies, especially yesterday's during Blackout Tuesday, I... I mean, I know I'm white and I know that I came from, you know, a a good thing. I knew I was privileged in the ways of, you know, I went to a good school. I had, I have a great family, but I had no idea just how being white was such a privilege, um, in this country. And it really rocked me yesterday. Um, and you know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to talk about, for, but we have to talk about it.
1: It's important. It's important not to stay silent. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting more than anything because, yes. because being silenced is basically, um, accepting what's going on.
0: Yes. I, um, I found this great quote, um, that I'll read to you that I post on my Instagram. Um, and it was just, it was a quote by Angela Y. Davis and it says, I'm no longer accepting the things I cannot change, I am changing the things I cannot accept. And I thought that was really something that I want to be living by. I
1: love that. at least
0: the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that, that's beautiful. Uh, we, I mean, we just definitely need to live in a world where we can just accept one another and respect one another. Yes. But it's, a, but it's important to be vocal. But, anyways, on that note, let's. I want to talk. I want to talk about you. I want to get to know uh, a little about you. Would you consider yourself um, a writer more than an actor or a comedian? You're a bit of everything, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I. I... I don't know some days <laughs> because I moved to Los Angeles to be an actor and then I was so impatient waiting for auditions to come to me that I was like, well I'm just gonna start writing and I'm just gonna start writing the things that I wanna be in. And from there from writing, you know, so many of my things were comedy, so many of my pilots and my projects were comedies that someone told me to get into stand up and then I was getting to stand up and because of stand up I was getting more acting gigs. So it it, it, it does kind of feel like a circle now and I don't know I, I know I would say I'm more employed for writing <laughs> um,
1: well, employed, but, employed is good
0: employed <laughs> is good yeah money is good um, and so that's pretty much most of the jobs I work are writing based but you know it's it, once you start kind of advertising yourself to people as you know I want to be the next Tina Fey I want to be the next Amy Poehler or I want to be a multi-hyphenate like this then they start if your writing's good and if you're keeping up that end of the bargain then they will take you seriously for acting and for comedy and that's what I found at least
1: yeah I mean I I, I've had like in um whilst being in LA people sometimes make fun of like the idea of being a multi multi hyphenated person, but it's so important.
0: It's important. You know, the the thing that I've realized is that I think a lot of people claim that they're multi hyphenate. They're like, I'm a writer, director, producer, actor, but it's, if you put the time in to each craft and you can at least have a good body of work, in each, it's really just all about if you want to be a multi-hyphenate. It just uh, it obviously equals more work. It doesn't mean that you can be a third good at writing and a third good at acting. You have to be a, a, f- a full, fully trained actor, a good writer who's trained in the proper formats and has good samples and has been through a rigor of notes and you know uh, table reads and stuff like that and same with comedy I mean you have to be going to open mics and you have to be putting yourself out there it's you just have to be as good as you are at the next one
1: I, I completely agree I mean it's the same as like I always believe in that saying about you have to put in 10,000 hours to become like a professional or master or something you, you know like it will, t- it will take time with whatever you want to do but it's but like it's, it's important it's important to put in the effort
0: yeah yeah.
1: Absolutely. So um I think we first connected because I think you, you you liked maybe my like my Hollywood fringe play. I think that's how. I think Yes. Yes. Um, I noticed that you also had a play that was going up at the going up for fringe in June. We did. Uh, yes, do it. you wanna talk a little about that?
0: Sure. Um, yeah. So I, um, so my play. <laughs>
1: let's fight <laughs> <let's bite> off. <laughs>
0: my, my, well, yes. Um, yeah. My play that I wrote, and, you know, I hadn't considered myself a playwright before. And again, since I haven't actually produced this play yet because of COVID, you know, Fringe is obviously on hold. Um, but I, I have really, I have grew up doing theater and I, always wondered, why don't I write a play if I enjoy writing so much? Um, and so I had this experience uh, when I was an assistant that I'll tell you now. Um, okay. I, I moved to LA from Connecticut and everyone said, you have to get an assistant job if you want to be taken seriously in the industry. I was like, okay, sounds good. So I got a personal assistant job. That was as much as I was qualified for. Yeah. Um, and maybe like two months in, My boss at the time, a big Hollywood producer, said, um, you know, it's my dad's birthday uh, and I need to get him a gift. And I was like, great. Uh, Do you need me to go to, you know, Macy's or J. Crew or Men's Warehouse? And he was like, no, don't be ridiculous. Uh, He likes birds and he will need a rare canary. And I was like, what now? (laughs) Um, He was like, you need to go find him a rare canary. Um, And he needs it. tonight at 7 o'clock. It's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so rush hour setting in, and he wants me to find a rare canary. So I was like, alright, let's 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 try it. I start calling around to a couple pet stores, and I'm like, do you guys sell canaries? And they're like, N- yeah. And I'm like, great. Do you also sell rare canaries? They're like, no. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? So I'm frantic. I'm calling around. Finally, you know, the 19th pet store I call, she goes, no, we don't sell rare canaries, but you might want to try this guy Tony in Van Nuys and she gives me his phone number and this guy turns out to be like a black market animal importer. And I'm like 22 years old and show up to his home where he keeps these animals and I buy a rare canary for him to get this job done. I meet the my boss's father at a sushi restaurant, give him the bird. It, it was just the most surreal experience. And I've told the story so many times to parties and, you know, out drinking and everything that someone finally was like, you need to make this into a short- film and or a play and I made it into a play and it was called the canary um and or it is called the canary I'm hoping to still do it um when fringe opens back up again
1: fringe is set for October right now and I'm hopeful (laughs) I'm, I'm hopeful for my play as well
0: I'm so hopeful um that it goes through and um yeah, it's a fun, it's really irreverent comedy. I would call it kind of like a 30 rock meets uh, theater. Uh, it's very um, absurd comedy. And the canary is played by this wonderful actor that we have, um, Ben Dowdy. And he's in a cage the whole time. And he has a molting scene where feathers explode everywhere. It's, it's, it's going to oh, be so super fun.
1: So, so he's the actual bird.
0: Oh yeah, we have a canary.
1: Oh, I love that. That's okay. <laughs> That's really fun. Yeah, it's giving me like a bringing a baby sort of vibe.
0: Yeah, it's it, well. It, uh, the other the other thing I'm trying to portray in the play is how everyone has a Hollywood story, and so the canary has his own Hollywood story, and this girl who's trying to get to him has a Hollywood story, and then their stories converge, and then they ultimately each
1: other free if you will oh that's fun okay you gotta yeah you gotta send me you gotta send me info when it goes up because it is, <laughs> its is gonna happen yeah, gonna go. I hope so. it has to yeah. <laughs> it, re- it actually really reminds me now that I think about it about there's a film called The Freshman that not all of people know about it it's with Matthew Broderick and Marlon Brando and it's set in New York and Marlon Brando is basically playing it's, it's really uh surreal and matter he's playing the like inspiration for his character in the godfather so he's doing a godfather impression
0: in the movie
1: and basically he's uh, I think Matthew Broderick falls into some trouble with the mafia so he has to he has to steal like an exotic lizard or he has to purchase an exotic lizard for him
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, you, you should check that out.
0: Oh, that is on my list tonight. The Freshman?
1: Yeah, The Freshman. Okay. And it, you, you would think you would think it'd be kind of painful, Brando doing an impersonation of himself. Yeah. That, it actually works, and I don't know how.
0: It's it's kind of like he's looking in a mirror, but commenting that he's looking in a mirror. I love it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, what have you been... um? What have you mean, during doing during like uh the coronavirus? Like uh have you been, how have you been keeping busy? <clears throat>
0: I've been writing a lot. I will say, I have been able to write a lot. I started some new pilots um, for staffing season and everything. I started a kids pi- or I have a kids pilot now, which I never thought I'd have because mostly because my humor is absolutely too dark for children. <laughs> um, but I had to fight all of my natural instincts and write a pilot for children, um, which was great. And other than that, you know. I've tried to find like a hobby that I can keep with. I tried painting. It went okay. Um, I then wanted to hang up all of my paintings around the house and I keep asking my fiance to hang them up for me and he's not doing it, which I feel like is a message like these don't deserve wall space, um, which is fine. Um,
1: (laughs) Congratulations, (laughs) by the way.
0: Oh the, yes! Oh, I got engaged. You got engaged, in, engaged. That's <laughs> got engaged thing, yeah. in quarantine. Yes, and that's the most exciting news. Um, he did it <laughs> during uh, an Easter egg hunt, and that was really really oh, fun. Wow! Yeah, so that was great. And honestly, yeah, I guess I was avoiding this because really what i've been mainly doing in quarantine is acting like a lunatic and planning our entire wedding within i don't know three weeks like we have every single vendor set because i'm just <laughs> on a tear so yes that's that's really what i've been doing
1: that's good <laughs> yes keep you're keeping busy you'll be yeah like the way i see it is this is the time to do all the work that you would need to do at home so you could spend the rest of your life outdoors yes <laughs>
0: exactly i'm never oh my god i I'll never return to this home after this is over. Like I'll just be outside all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the, that. That's the dream. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So tell me more about like uh, your style of comedy. Um, I think I saw uh, on your IMDb you went to Groundlings.
0: Yep, I was in Groundlings, and to be honest, I didn't. I didn't love Groundlings, and I don't know if it's because I was working a full-time job um, in the industry as an assistant um, during the time. And I was so preoccupied that I didn't maybe – I I didn't do enough in Groundlings outside of class to really help some of the things set in. Um, But – I know I I did UCB and I loved UCB. Um,
1: I I've done some UCB uh, classes. I, they're really fun. I hear that are better for writers. That's what that's what I was told.
0: Yeah, and that and you know, because I think the Groundlings to me, um, and this is just my opinion of it, really came off as the actors group. And if you're not serious about acting, um, they don't. You're not part of the clique, if you will. And um, I think. Since I had all these other interests in writing, in producing, in working in the industry, you know, as something at the time, um, I I didn't fit the clique that was in my class. Um, And so when I did UCB, I did the sketch program and I really enjoyed that. That was really a lot more um, suited to what I was looking for.
1: Nice.
0: Um, But my style of comedy, I guess if you're asking – Lately, I've been writing pretty irreverent, dark comedy things, um, which is ironic because I've had a pretty charmed life and I have (laughs) really not had a lot of bad things happen to me, but, um, it's been harder for me lately to write just straight comedy. Usually I'll write, um, pretty dramedy, if you will, um, A lot of things at the end will end with a cliffhanger or kind of a big moment of tension. It's been hard for me lately just to write a straight comedy. Um, But I've been embracing that, you know. Uh, I think grounded comedy is really having its heyday right now. I mean, look at Dead to Me and Barry and things like this. I mean, those are really good examples of great comedy set in really realistic, grounded terms.
1: I, I love dramedy, though, just, like, the power it can have. Because, you know, once once they've made you laugh and then 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 they flip it and, like, tug your heartstrings, you feel it even more. Like, I yeah. remember the end of Dead to Me was so powerful when yeah. she's talking in the town hall.
0: It, it's... It's so powerful. And I just started last night, and I don't know if anyone else has HBO Max, but I just watched and finished the uh, first three episodes that have been released of Love Life starring Anna Kendrick. And it is so funny, but it is gut-wrenchingly relatable and grounded. It's about being in your 20s and going through multiple relationships and boyfriends and girlfriends. And it's just... It was like... Watching myself on screen, and I, <laughs> I was laughing so hard, but I was also crying. It was it it so I think those shows are really finding their stride right now, and I, I really want to I want to do more of that, especially um, now that I've gotten the the playwriting bug. Um, I'm interested now because The Canary is obviously just a straight comedy. Um, yeah, there's you know, but there's moments of, uh, you know. Realism and there's moments of um, groundedness, but it's, it's just a straight comedy. But now that I've really hit that, I would love to keep writing plays um, that in the dramedy world.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, would you be also starring in them, do you think? Or give yourself a little role? Uh-huh.
0: I mean, this that's the problem with being a multi-hyphenate, I will say, that you just feel – you start to feel like a narcissist. You're like, and I'm the star of this one too. But, you know, you are writing it for yourself. But I think a good, a good producer you, – if you're a writer, actor, producer, the producer side of you at some point has to say, I think there's someone better for What's this better role. What's better for this
1: show, yeah. Yes.
0: So – I, I don't know. I, I never know if I'm gonna throw myself in. Um, I'm always open to it, but I'm always open to have somebody else.
1: Yeah, you you don't want to become like a Tommy Wiseau, where like every single <laughs> credit is you, one oh after the gosh. other, and it's never like it's never like all together. He just he wants his like name to like flash it like five seven times.
0: Oh my god, is that should that be my new brand? Like the younger female millennial Tommy Wiseau. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? Where is? Where are you from? how How do you get your money? I never. I still don't understand.
0: I. I don't. I don't understand him. I. I. I hope he's all right. I don't. Has anyone checked in with Tommy Waso? Should we?
1: Should we? I'm sure. I'm sure he's doing fine. I hope so. <laughs> pray for. Pray for Tommy.
0: Pray for Tommy. Yeah.
1: So, uh, where. Where would you want to see yourself in like five years' time? Like what's. What's your, what, are your, what are your goals?
0: Five years' time. Um, I would love for the Canary to have a run. <laughs> that would be great. Um, and I'd love for that to elevate me to a new level um, in terms of getting some meetings around town to pitch. Because what I'm realizing is all these executives and all of these um, – Studio heads really are looking at the bigger picture. So if they, if someone was to say invite to invite them to the Canary and they thought it was funny, then they're gonna see me maybe with a development deal or something with the studio or you know what else can you bring us? Can you do you have a feature? Do you have a TV show? I would love. For one of my projects to start opening the door to those kind of meetings. And I would hope or I would love, I should say, in five years time um, to have sold some projects to a studio and to hopefully be in the driver's seat of one of them or at least uh, in a driver's seat role. I I have so much to learn about this industry still. I am in absolute not no delusion that I could run a show at this age and this experience level but I'm seeing a lot of young people get their content out there under the guide of an older more experienced showrunner and I would love for that to happen for me uh, <laughs> um that'd be, but yeah.
1: that'd be awesome yeah yeah I mean I I always think of someone like uh, Michael Sha. I, I think it, I had no idea that he he's the showrunner for The Office in Parks and Rec
0: yeah and mm-hmm.
1: uh I had no idea that he also played Mo's throughout the office. Yes, which is so yeah. amazing. Like if I was a showrunner, I would absolutely just <laughs> uh, like stick myself. Give yourself in, so. the
0: most fun role in the entire season. Yeah, the entire series. Um, yes, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Toby Toby Flenderson is played by one of the co EPs of that show and obviously Mindy Kaling was in it. I mean, that was a really good example of a very collaborative show where people were writing and producing, they're also acting
1: and uh, Yeah, a lot of people writers. Like BJ Novak yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, BJ, of course, forgot about him. Um that was a great example of a really collaborative show, and I love. I think every writer, performer, comedian would love to find a show like that. I mean, I feel like hopefully there are more of them like that.
1: Nice. Yeah. So, uh, what advice would you give to um, a kid moving to LA, like right now, wanting to be wanting to be in the industry, and as like an actor or writer?
0: As an actor or writer, um. I would say, really immerse yourself in LA. When if they're move, planning on moving here, really immerse yourself when you move here and get involved in different groups and you know the the thing i struggled with when i first moved here is everyone kept wanting me to do these paid classes and i was like i don't have any money i don't know what (laughs) you guys are talking about what you they want they're like do this class and do this class and join this and join this i'm like this is easily seven thousand dollars that you guys want me to spend but there's ways to be involved in the community now through social media and through even facebook and things like that um that don't cost money. I mean, offer to PA for free offer to come and audit a class that's for free, you know, um, really immerse yourself and know what area of the industry you want to go into, because there really are so many facets and so many niches to this industry. I've learned that you really have to be specific about where you fit in. Like for me, I can tell you right now, I fit in in the television comedy world. I fit into the sketch comedy world. But there's just, there's so many things. I mean, do you want to be involved on set for music videos and creative and being a part of creative producing? and um, Or do you want to be a PA for a drama and work your way through the drama? I mean, it's just, if you can get more specific about what your brand as a actor and writer is, the easier it'll be for people to help you because you can say, I I align with this kind of show or this niche or this part of the industry. And then people know how to help you. But if you're new to LA and you're like, I need a job, people, no no one's going to know where to place you or who to connect you with. And the specificity is really what sets younger people apart because it shows that they know what they want and they are serious about their careers and they have put the time in to learn that this is where they're headed. Um, And for writers, I mean, get your samples ready, start getting notes on them as soon as possible. The more people, I know it's scary, it was definitely scary for me to send out my writing early on, but get it to as many people as you can and just get as many notes as you can and you don't have to take all of them, but.
1: Did you ever join a writer's group? And I was, yes. Yeah. That, yes, I, I did. I was. I've been. I've been in one for a while. Yeah. That, that was those very are. Helpful.
0: Those are amazing, and you can start your own. You can post. There's so many groups on Facebook. You know. Um, there's so many young groups on Facebook, and there's so many places to turn to when you're move when you're new here. Um, and you can just say, "I want to start a writers group." You'll get fifty people in an hour. I mean, there's just. There's such a need for collaboration, especially, yes, I th- now and I think on to this. Next segment, which is unfortunately, this stage pandemic screen, has but
1: now I'm brought that people together a lot more, and
0: there's so much more unity in our film screen. and love TV it, and community Love it, love it. We review love to
1: plays adapted into films, they, and this well week Wait, we are talking about Romeo plus Juliet, the 1996 <laughs> film. I, my opinion of this film has changed over the years. When when I was growing up, I I found it really hard to just connect to, but I loved I love the visuals always, and Leonardo DiCaprio was so memorable and Claire Danes, what a great choice!
0: Such a such a good choice. I, you know, I'm the opposite to be honest. I when I first watched this when, as a younger teen, I thought that Boz Lerman was God and this was the best thing I had ever seen in my entire life and never ever wanted to watch another movie that wasn't directed by Boz Luhrmann
1: oh wow okay
0: yeah and then yeah. <laughs> I just rewatched it on Sunday and I had an, the opposite opinion where I was like okay this is a lot there's a lot going on I still love the creative liberties taken here mm-hmm. but I didn't have s- a, such a guttural reaction to it as I did when I was, you know, 13 or so. Sure.
1: Well, I think, it, I think it was super ambitious. I've never seen a Shakespeare adaptation take as much, take as many risks or, like you said, liberties. Like, I think, honestly, my favourite, I think my favourite scene was the opener. Yes. Like, and it's just... Uh, it definitely it definitely is a bit top heavy I think.
0: Yeah, I would say I mean, you know, it, it really sets the scene. Okay, like Verona Beach is clearly I mean, I think they they shot in Mexico and then they went I think they went to Brazil. I think I was reading I'll, I'll go back and read it. But um oh, Okay. They I mean, it was such it, it was so, such a colorful and vibrant and dynamic set and opening and you just I mean, it was almost like well of course this is of course how Shakespeare wrote it he wrote it of course like it is a crime riddled city <laughs> and the prince is actually the police captain and they've got guns and
1: they're Are fighting they all and title credits
0: oh my god I was like yes I was like this of course well this makes perfect sense <laughs> but then as you go you're like well I don't know if this liberty was the right one to take, you know?
1: Also, just like the way the way they use the lines doesn't quite, it, it just doesn't quite gel. Sometimes it just feels like they're shouting. Uh,
0: I feel like the acting, and I don't know if that was Boz or if he had somebody else uh, giving them some coaching on the acting, but yes, I feel like if you're going to do Romeo and Juliet, which is arguably the most famous Shakespearean play. The acting has to be king. And it felt in this one that it was like, how crazy can we get this world? How saturated can we make this world? So that you don't even have to think about the acting. And there, I mean, there are obviously moments of great acting, but there's a lot of moments of horrific
1: acting. I mean, I I, I do like Baz Luhrmann's movies. I've warmed up to them over the years, but he definitely, he's so, he's very focused on the visuals. And he, he likes to, he likes like the acting to be exaggerated. If I think of something like uh, Moulin Rouge, yes, or even my favorite film of his was his first. It was strictly ballroom. It's an Australian oh, film. Great so movie. Good. So good. Great movie. But I would say uh, Pete Postlethwaite. He uh, he played the friar. Yeah, he's very famous in the UK. He was he was solid. Like he was phenomenal. He reminded me so much of Patrick Stewart.
0: Yes. Absolutely,
1: oh, like I could see I could see them being interchangeable, but
0: absolutely no, I thought he was easily the best actor, um, which to be fair, that role in the play is. I mean he's the voice of reason He's the most grounded character He's got these two teenagers Who are lovesick and irrational And completely delusional at times And he has to be He has to not be like a parent He has to be a friend Who's also an adult It's a really hard role I would imagine Um, I've never played it But um, (laughs) uh, And I thought he did Excellently with it
1: also, um, the, the the maid. So I think oh. her name's Miriam Margolius. Yes. I believe that's her name. She like I, I only I remember her from Harry Potter.
0: Yes, yes. She played yeah. um what's it? Uh the she, like the botanist The botanist, yes. Um uh, yeah. Madame you know, who does who has Bloom the tree?
1: I don't know
0: who has the um the plants that save people from uh, getting yeah, the screaming plant, the mandrakes. Oh my god, I have to watch all those movies nice. too. But um, yes, she
1: was the time. she's it's phenomenal,
0: time she's phenomenal. And I did play that role actually. I played oh, nice. the nurse role um in a you know a teen production of Romeo and Juliet, and uh, she crushed it. I did not at the time, but she did great.
1: Yeah, I I've seen so many different like uh, interpretations of Romeo and Juliet. I remember when I was in uh, Birmingham in England, I saw a Peaky Blinders version.
0: Oh my!
1: Which was very, it was very, it was very ambitious, but really, really, really worked. I think Romeo and Juliet is such a great, it's such a great story.
0: It's a, it's a great story and I actually from my college auditions I'm just remembering this now for my college auditions to all the conservatory schools that I auditioned for I did Romeo's monologue um, about being banished and it was an interesting choice for a you know pretty feminine gal to do a male monologue for her college auditions but I I think that's kind of the beauty of what this play is it's just so relatable every character is very relatable and um, you know especially as a teenager you just feel that desperation and that like I said before delusion because that's what you are as a teenager sometimes you are delusional about how the world works you think that your life and what's going on in it is the only thing that matters and it's heartbreaking it's why it's it's so relatable
1: yeah honestly i mean i'm thinking back to uh uh, when i was watching it just uh when mercutio is 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 killed in the film Mm -hmm. spoilers (laughs) Uh, if you have if you haven't read it yet
0: if you (laughs) haven't heard mercutio dies yeah
1: He's like, he's always been like one of my favorite characters in Shakespeare. Oh, he's so I love good. him so much.
0: So good.
1: He's so outspoken. I, I think I remember reading in like a it was a film essay it was a theater essay that talks about like uh, Shakespeare had to kill Mercutio because Mercutio would just steal the whole show.
0: Oh, for sure. And I mean, he I I love in this movie that they did not shy away from the I would say overt assumptions that Mercutio is uh, gay and possibly yeah. in love with Romeo, because that is such a thing that some theater directors I've seen either ignore completely or they fully go into it and they make him a caricature of uh, what he really is. But I think that what this film really did a good job is he is one of the guys and he is uh, Mercurial. Obviously that's why his name is Mercutio.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um but he has these really up and down roller coaster emotions, and uh, I, I like that they brought in the drug aspect because I think that really set the scene of you know a where they are in this city and what kind of lives they're leading and everything. I, I he's by far my favorite character. Um, and in the movie too I thought he just stole the
1: show it complete, yeah it completely works I well, I mean it's still stuck in my brain from when I watched it as a kid when he's he's like laughing off like his wound and then he turns and you see like he you see like the truth in his face because he holds such a he holds such a like a facade around everyone he wants to be this big larger than life character
0: and he's, and he's vulnerable, just like anybody else, so yeah, no, I, that was, that's such a powerful moment, um, that whole scene. And the Queen Mab speech, I also thought, that's probably the best I've ever seen it, and I've seen a lot of Queen Mab speeches.
1: I, I, I learned the Queen Mab speech, growing yeah. up, and I thought I, thought I was, I, 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 thought, I thought I thought very much of myself, but probably... <laughs> just did, you, a did
0: you play Mercutio?
1: No, I've always wanted to. I yeah. that was like that was my college audition.
0: Yep, yep, I yeah. love
1: it. Yeah, um, I I love how just going back to, going back to Romeo and Juliet, it's such a time capsule of the nineties. Oh
0: my gosh, the hair, the pink hair on uh, not Benvolio, or does he have pink hair? No, no, it, no, what, no it's, the other, uh,
1: the other one,
0: the other one <laughs> has pink hair. Oh my god, and then my god John Leguizamo like as Tybalt just exploded off the screen he was just so phenomenal but you know the little 90s the curly like hat, little the curly soul,
1: side buns. The
0: soul patch I was just like oh, this could not be happening yeah. Um but it's no it's so good and I mean um yeah you're right it's just such a time capsule
1: <laughs> and I really love the soundtrack
0: yeah you know the the one of the moments that really kept that I remembered is um, when they're driving. You know, we said the opening scene is such a or the opening credits was such a powerful moment, I, and I always remember when they stop on the Montague and they go, "The boys, the boys!" Like, it was just yeah. so nineties. I loved it. <laughs> oh,
1: it's I. I'm glad this movie exists. Yes. You know, like I think I. It's I don't I don't know if it would be like be able to be made the same way today with the same amount of budget. I think having DiCaprio probably helped a lot.
0: Yeah, but I mean at that time he was
1: on top of real. the world.
0: But was but was he had he done Titanic yet?
1: I think I think he did Titanic a year later, I think.
0: Yeah, I think this was like the start of Leo. This was like the incline of Leo right now as a teen heartthrob. As a teen heartthrob, yes. So, yeah. I'm so happy this film exists.
1: (laughs) I have always wanted to have that curtains haircut. It's just not possible for me. My hair's too curly. I wish.
0: I had that, Oliver, let me tell you. But I was a girl. And yeah, I mean, I think it was probably about 1996. I had a bowl cut haircut for years that nobody seemed to tell me was hor- like not meant for little girls. It was only you need meant to show for me Leonardo a photo
1: after. I, I want to see
0: I'll send it to you. It is Please. horrific, horrific.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm wearing my I'm wearing my tropical shirt.
0: Well, you look good. Yeah, Thank you look very. You could be cast as an extra right now if they were doing it again.
1: <laughs> please, please <laughs> let's reboot Romeo plus Juliet. So oh,
0: Oliver yeah. can be an extra.
1: Yeah, so I could be an extra. Yeah, perfect. Get, get that side cut. yeah that's how partly
0: Yeah, I'll 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 do a bowl cut again, and we'll both audition. Yeah.
1: what What was your favorite? What was your favorite scene? Do you think? What was your favorite moment in the film?
0: Visually, I just love the scene where he walks into the church and there's the neon crosses and all of the candles. I mean visually that yeah. is haunting
1: like I said mean, I said I said the, I said the movie was tough heavy but that final that final scene is incredible.
0: That death scene is just. Visually I mean it's it's so I mean you would think it, that it's saturated because there is so many there's so much lights there's so much neon there's so many candles but the moment between them is really pure and it's really grounded and there is no overacting and that's of of all of the overacted scenes in that movie that one he at least had the the right move to as even though it's colorful and it's bright it's really about the acting and that scene. So I would say visually that scene, but, and I, I know everybody loves the, the, the scene where they meet, um, through the fish tank.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I also really love that one, but cause it's mostly for the song though, that, uh, kissing you sad, that song that, um, is being performed downstairs at the party. Hey, that one, that one is really powerful too. So it's a tie-up between the two. Yeah,
1: I, I i do I do love the initial meeting. It's really, uh, it's it's just, it's just so it's just so beautifully shot, and it's it's so engaging. There, it's there, so there are engaging. Moments, there are moments in this film that are absolutely brilliant,
0: and I. Oh yeah.
1: I think it's the best way. I, I I wish I wish this was done more in theater in some aspects, just like trying to engage with like a younger audience. Yeah. It's the way, it's the way you keep theater going. Or,
0: or just making Shakespeare more accessible. I mean, yes. and, you know, and I, I hate that because, you know, as someone who's done theater, you want to think that everybody is down to listen to two and a half hours of Shakespeare. But the reality is they're not. And a lot of... And maybe this was his point in the beginning that a lot of um, this generation and maybe the generation before us lost the interest in Shakespeare because it feels outdated and it doesn't feel accessible. And I'm sure at some point, Boz was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to throw in a lot more guns. We're going to set it in, you know, a a beach I thought it
1: was Miami. I I always thought it was
0: Miami. it looks like Miami. I believe some of it was shot there, but I think a lot of it was shot in Mexico. And that brings, you know, because there's so much religion in it that he plays with. Yeah, that's true. So um, I think that's a big.
1: This also the cap. I think it's the Capulets, right?
0: The Capulets are very religious, but, you know, there's the crosses everywhere. There's the Jesus uh, uh, Savior statue that they pan over in the opening, which, you know, you would think it's. Rio de Janeiro and they never say yeah, obviously yeah. where they are That's because true. it's supposed to be Verona Beach but um, yeah I mean he made it super accessible for somebody who was like I'm not watching because there's the obviously the version of Romeo and Juliet from the 80s which uh, I'm blanking on the director's name
1: from the 80s?
0: you know um, the famous director why am I
1: blanking? I think was it the italian director? Yes, um, here. Oh, I think that was from like the, the 60s.
0: Was it the 60s? You're probably right. Um, Just like, I
1: remember because I I, I remember Zeffirelli. 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 Yeah, Zeffirelli. yeah. That, yeah, that was yeah, that was 60, that was 68. 60.
0: Oh my god. Um,
1: but yeah, that that's that's a classic. I always remember the main actor looking so much like Zac Efron. It was
0: Oh my God. Crazy. Yes. But you know, like that's, I think that was the 60s, and that time was still an era of, you know, TVs weren't, you know, as utilized as they were in the 90s. And people were still really involved in literature and culture. And not that they aren't now, but, you know, the 90s were MTV and were violent video games. And I think. Lerman really did a good job of kind of capturing the generation's attention when he did.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 funny you say that. I remember watching this video that was talking about Little Women and just all the different iterations that have come out over the years, mm-hmm. and just how the Little Women adaptation in the '90s is very much of the time of the '90s of like yeah. the themes that they're trying to get across, and it's the same. The 20,
0: 2019 version. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And like, even, yeah, the twenty nineteen version. I thought the banter was so, is so on par for how we talk now, and the you know the girl the girl power vibes and the girl girl gang vibes that are so prevalent right now that you know weren't really as embraced before. Yeah, that's a great example of. Just... I
1: love love nineties 90s. love nineties Susan Sarandon just kicking oh. ass as the mom. <laughs> god so good so good like yeah i mean i i don't know if i i don't know if i spoke about this already but it was definitely just all of like the all of the all of the killing in this adaptation it just really came to heart it's just like how like um pointless like their deaths were you know it was so unnecessary
0: unnecessary yeah i i guess unnecessary violence I, I, I really wanted them to address why they hated each other, and I know it's not done in the play, and so it's hard for someone to just elaborate. I mean, they kind of said it that it's these two, you know, towering families in this city who are clearly fighting over economy and uh, business and things like that. But, yeah, every time they were dying, I'm like, "How ah. I know people died all the time when Shakespeare was around and no one batted an eye, but, like, I was like, my God, this, this film especially, yes, highlight, highlighted how uh, cavalier they are about death, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I, and, like, just Mercutio being stuck in the, in the middle of it.
0: Yeah. Like, it's... I I It was interesting to see that these death he didn't portray these deaths as newsworthy also like they because they have so much news coverage at the first like you know they they she's talking about the the tension between the two families but when mercutio dies clearly he's pretty beloved in the community he's invited to the capulets by the party he performs at the party people know who he is it was interesting that they don't they never highlighted um his death, And I don't know. I mean, this kind of ties into what's going on now. I don't know if that was a comment on his race and how people tend to shy away from gang-related violence. And they don't want to see that on the news. They don't report about it enough. I mean, that I, it was kind of really jarring to watch, especially on Sunday, while so much unrest and tension is going on in this country.
1: Honestly, yeah.
0: There was just a moment where I was like, "Why isn't this on the news? If we were on the news before about the Capulets and the Montagues, who are both white, and now Mercutio, who's black, just died, was just killed in gang-related violence. Where why didn't why is there nothing about this? And again, there's nothing the sirens, in the play yeah. about it, but it was an interesting choice to make him black.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, just like uh, you know, Juliet's cousins are like a Latina. Yeah, that's definitely a choice." I mean that that was giving me sort of like a almost a West Side Story type of vibe. Just oh because yeah. That's very that's very clear as I mean it's it's pretty clear as why why the two houses gangs are against each other is because it's it's very much like immigration and race.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I it it always just I always just was confused whether it's like oh yeah so Claire Danes and Tibble are related like, sure
0: right and then I was like well are they uh,
1: he, I, uh, <laughs> I was trying, like, trying to work at, like, it out yeah, like, yeah
0: maybe she is Hispanic and they're just they don't maybe they they don't are addressing that I don't yeah. know like yeah. you just don't you don't know but it I and I don't think it was unintentional to have Tybalt as a Latino, and I don't think it was unintentional to have Mercutio um, as a black man. I mean, I, I think that those were very pointed choices, and maybe they don't address them outright, but to watch that movie now, I Definitely. was like, this is a huge commentary on society and, and crime, and it was really powerful to rewatch.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you know this. I I found this when I was just uh, looking up the film. Natalie Portman was originally going to be playing Juliet, oh. but she was fourteen, and they just decided uh, it was getting a bit. It was a bit weird with DiCaprio being twenty-one.
0: Oh, he's twenty-one in that.
1: He's twenty one in that. Holy crap. Well, well that's what I that's what I read. Or maybe it's the character. I'm gonna look it up real quick because that didn't now, I, now I'm doubting myself. No, maybe I mean say, i
0: he, he has a baby face. So here's he does the thing. Have a baby I face. I do not love Claire Danes and I know that I will
1: Twenty one. He was twenty one. he
0: was twenty one, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I love Natalie Borman. I'm obsessed with Natalie Borman. So same. And I never, I I guess I never. I, I think Claire Dance is a great actress. I just never loved her as much as I love Natalie Portman. So that nugget of information is is a lot for me to process. <laughs> it
1: would it would have been amazing. It would have also been very strange. It's a shame. Yeah. It's, a, it's a shame she wasn't. She wasn't quite old enough. I
0: know. Really.
1: I know. Yeah. Man, she's yeah. the best. But yeah, I definitely think uh, I definitely so usually at the end I go like stage or screen, like was it better on the stage or was it better on the screen? But I want to stop doing that. I want to stop kind of like you know, uh, putting one down instead of the other. Mm. Go watch Romeo plus Juliet if you haven't yet.
0: Yes, go watch it.
1: It's beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So yeah, my segues have been very on point today <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know today it's just it's just it's just a, it's just a strange week it's a
0: Let's very it very weird week yeah are we recording uh, right now
1: we are recording oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, I, just telling I, you, like yeah, it's I a strange week yeah, yeah, good honestly.
0: good be transparent I, with the fans
1: yeah <laughs> and i'll edit out whatever i don't want perfect, perfect. i always say like Ollie, cut this bit and then i never do <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like I guess funny, whatever obviously. we're just gonna butt it at. yeah theatre means critic so now we're going to move to uh, the Proust questionnaire which was originated by Bernard Pivot okay. it's a lot of strange French names Perfect. Uh, have you, are you familiar with inside the actor's studio yes so these are the questions from inside the actor's studio
0: Ooh. okay they're I'm fun. ready
1: they're fun yeah and i changed one what is your favorite curse word because it's just not as funny with without an audience no you're right there's been no swearing throughout the show no suddenly it's like oh i have to make it it i have to make this i have to make this show explicit (laughs) 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 it's like it's not worth it no no okay what is your favorite word
0: oh my god uh Donut.
1: What is your least favorite word? Moist. What trait do you admire the most? Honesty. What trait do you admire the least?
0: Indecisiveness.
1: Same. Absolutely. It's, oh, it's the worst. What sound or noise do you love?
0: Moo! <laughs> <laughs> I love cows. I don't know why. They're my favorite animal. Oh
1: wow! Okay, <laughs> I like that. I don't know why. That's amazing. What sounds or noise do you hate?
0: Like a whine, you know.
1: It's like a goat or a witch.
0: Like a like a whine. Like I hate like a whine. Like a, uh, like I hate I hate when girls have the vocal fry and they go, uh, you know.
1: Yes, I I do that. Can't do it. But you could do an amazing Kim Kardashian.
0: Uh, I I really could, if you really wanted me to.
1: I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What is your idea of happiness?
0: On a pontoon boat, drinking a lemonade, reading a book.
1: What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? A stunt double. What profession would you not like to do?
0: Plumber. I, I I'm really bad with like hair in the drain. I'm, i I will just say, it's not for any other reason. Just that when we pull out the hair that comes off my head out of our drain, I throw up every single time. So I know I can't do it. Is what
1: I'm saying. I I I feel you. I'm I'm struggling. I throw with my new shower. Yeah. Oh wow.
0: Like oh it's it's a completely guttural reaction and I don't know where it comes from. <laughs>
1: okay, good to know.
0: Yeah, don't I mean you I can know. cut that out.
1: <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> the world must know. Yeah, the world needs to know. Yeah, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: Eh, you did your best.
1: Nice. <laughs> is God Jewish.
0: Yeah, he's Jewish in my mind
1: (laughs) New Yorker Yeah, he's
0: a New York Jew with a bagel company
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, we will now be playing Shakespeare Roulette (gasps) I need to get some music for that So I'm going to ask you to perform a Shakespeare monologue With a vocal change and a prior moment chosen by me
0: Okay
1: What monologue have you brought us today?
0: I am going to do Romeo's banished monologue.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So, oh, you have a question
0: or? No. I, wait, did I go away?
1: No. You're here. I'm here. I see you. I have, I to, pull, you.
0: I have to pull up the monologue. I I think I thought you were going to give me what? one.
1: Oh, you thought I was going to give you one?
0: I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't read the email right, but that's okay. I did this for my college edition. So I'm just going to pull it up and have it on the side.
1: Okay. Brilliant. Oh, I actually cut this bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, Amy, what monologue have you brought for us today?
0: I am going to do Romeo's Banished Monologue because it's what I did for my college auditions. <laughs> and I feel like it served me well, so we're going to try it again. Okay. 10 Sorry. years later.
1: That's, let's see what's changed. Yeah. Hold on,
0: I have to pull it up so you can cut this part too, but I do need to pull it up. No worries. Okay, I'm ready.
1: Okay, awesome. So, your, your vocal change how 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 are you at French? How's your French accent?
0: <laughs> really bad. So bad, even though I took French all throughout school. I cannot speak it. I don't know what happened to me.
1: Okay. <laughs> You're Would like, you okay, okay like next. <laughs> well. Okay. <laughs> okay uh, I can try
0: here, let me try it. here, let me try it. I'll try let me it. Give some- here. She's torture and not nurse. No, it's Russian every time. It's Russian. <laughs> I don't know what happens to me.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I. you know what? My prior moment is a little bit of a vocal change anyway. Okay. Uh, do you remember that scene in Bridesmaids when Christian Wig mixes the pill with the alcohol and she's on the plane? Yes. She's kind of leaky. Yes. Let's make that your prior moment and your vocal change. Okay.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it.
1: <clears throat> Whenever you're ready.
0: his torture and not mercy heaven heaven's here where, where Juliet lives and 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 every and every cat and and every and every dog and every little mouse every unworthy thing live here in where are we wait in in heaven and may look on her <laughs> Romeo may not <laughs> more validity, more honorable state, more more uh, courtship oh, hello <laughs> lives in uh, those those fly, those um, the carry-on flies than Romeo they may see seize on the white wonder of of Juliet's hand and steal immortal blessing from her lips who who even in pure and vestal modesty still plush my god thinking their own kisses sin is that gonna?
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh I, I'm so I'm so I'm so glad I gave that to you. You're
0: you like you. You're like you know what this girl has done before: quaaludes and alcohol. Yeah, like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> have,
1: you, uh, have you have you you done like an impression of that before?
0: You know,
1: actually, no, actually, no.
0: I mean, I think I've I I think I've done that in my life before. I think I took like uh, someone.
1: Someone Quailants.
0: gave me, no, and you know what it was? <laughs> I had, I had like pulled a bunch of muscles when I was on vacation with my family and someone, one of my cousins gave me like a muscle relaxer or something and just like a very low grade one and then I had like two sips of wine and I was like, everything's crazy. Like, yeah. so yes. No, I mean, I fully relate to Kristen Wig in that moment, but no, I've never imitated it
1: before. That was really, that was like, that was really chattering her. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Cool. Thank you. It was
1: cool. Yeah. I always feel like the worst director in the world is I feel like I torture my guests
0: no it's great it's such a yeah. it's nice because you really rarely especially in Hollywood you come in and you do your little scene and they're so saturated with auditions that they don't ever give you adjustments and they don't ever give you like can you do it like this like just for fun like they I mean sometimes they do but oftentimes you're in and out and it's just so nice to play again you know
1: honestly yeah I mean that's like the main thing I just want I, I, I want like just like a little bit of the show just dedicated to getting so, like giving a performer the chance to just perform yeah a little bit. well that's uh, that's, that's everything from us Amy thank you for joining us today uh, where can we find you on social media
0: you can find me on Instagram mm-hmm. I'm at Aimsulls A M S U L L Z. Um, Z Z and then that's pretty
1: much my handle for everything okay yeah well this has been Theater Meets Critic please follow our Instagram at Theater Meets Critic and check out our website at Critic.com for reviews editorials and interviews okay that's all from us bye now Meets Critic Art Passion Theater Actors LA New York Paris i